Good morning, Mission Point. So good to be with you. My name is Mark Witt, and uh, I am campus minister with Baptist Collegiate Ministry, BCM, over at MTSU. Been there about four years, and uh, so, so thankful for the opportunity to get to do what I do every day on the campus of Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I am a Kentuckian at heart. I grew up in Kentucky and moved here about eight years ago, so don't hold that against me, but uh, I, I love Murfreesboro, love uh, having the opportunity to be here, and I'm so, so thankful for churches like Mission Point who, who say it is important uh, to have a presence on the college campuses all across the state of Tennessee. So thank you for your support of the cooperative program through Tennessee Baptist, uh, your support of the Concord Baptist Association, because that is what allows us to be your missionary on the campus of Middle Tennessee State. Just a few miles of here, from here is one of the largest mission fields we could ever imagine, right here in Murfreesboro, where 23,000 plus students gather. And, and here in a few weeks, we are really hoping that 23,000 really do gather in the same spot. And uh, we're looking like we're going to have a, a much more, uh, uh, a little bit more normal year from what we, uh, from what we had last year when it comes to uh, just students being on campus. But even in the midst of, of the pandemic last year, we saw God just do amazing things within the ministry of BCM and on the campus of, of, of uh, MTSU. So thank you, because Mission Point, you are a part of what is going on on the campus of MTSU. And, and can I just say, I absolutely love your pastor. Uh, yes, Stephen and I, we became very quick friends. And, um, you know, one thing, we're about the same height, so that's really good. Uh, we see eye to eye. But I also, uh, I, I absolutely love his heart. And uh, I just know that his heart for this church, I know his heart for the community. And we've had him over at the BCM a couple of times to speak with students and, and in our worship on Thursday nights. And I'm just so, so thankful for Stephen. And, and, uh, and I pray for Mission Point. I pray as you just continue to um, uh, have an impact in this community that uh, Stephen and, and you will have opportunities like you've just never seen before. And I'm excited about what God is doing here among you. So uh, uh, several weeks ago when Stephen and I had coffee together, uh, and we've, we, uh, we both love coffee and we love conversations. So uh, two hours later, uh, we were like, well, we better go. Uh, but we, we are, uh, he was telling me about the, your future, uh, the future series that you're going to be doing with the Beatitudes. And this was several weeks ago. And he told me that you guys, that, that he'd be going to the DR and he asked me to fill in for him. And, and he said, I'll let you know which one, uh, which one of the Beatitudes that's going to fall on the week that, that I'm going to be gone. And, and, and I was, I was, I, I love all the Beatitudes. Absolutely. I mean, this is this section of scripture is such a, a beautiful teaching of Jesus as he sets up this incredible sermon, the sermon on the Mount and, and this teaching, but I can, can I, I'll be real honest. I was, I was really hoping it was going to be verse seven. I was, I really was hoping that it would fall and it did. It fell right here with, with verse seven. Um, and we, we talk about mercy and so, so excited about this key portion of the gospel of Matthew and the teaching of Jesus on the kingdom of God. 
and, and the gospel writer, Matthew, and if any of you are watching, I don't know, anyone watch uh, The Chosen? Have anyone been watching that series? It's a, it's a beautiful series about the teaching of Jesus, and, and I love how they depict Matthew and the gospel writer Matthew and how he records everything. He writes everything down. And, and there's a line in there that, that uh, he's going to turn his journal in to the tax collectors. But, and Jesus said, no, you might need that someday. And, and Matthew writes everything down. He's so detailed in his recording of the scriptures. Well, just as just a brief recap, I know that you've been studying the, the Beatitudes. You've been going verse by verse, but I, I, I just want us to do a real quick recap of where we have been. This is the longest sermon that the gospel writer Matthew actually records in, in, all, of his, um, in all of his writings. With chapters 5 through 7, it's, it's what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and this sermon, it's a... It's a grand proclamation of the kingdom of God because Jesus has been talking about this. He's been sharing about this is what the, the kingdom of God looks like. And this, is, this, this whole series, chapters 5 through 7, is, is taking this kingdom of God idea and, and, and expanding to that and what that looks like. This, uh, of, and Jesus keeps talking with his disciples and, and the ones that he's teaching about what the kingdom of God looks like. Well, as we see in, in verse 1 of chapter 5, it says that Jesus saw the crowds coming to him. And, and I love, Matthew actually uses this reference several times. It says that he saw the crowds. And it, it's not just a glance, but he saw them, and he knew them. He knew their names. He saw them. And so as, as Matthew records in verse 1, it says, He saw the crowds coming to him, and so he went up to the mountainside, and he sat down. And this, was, this is the well-known posture of Jesus when he's getting ready to teach, and actually, when you look at um, when you look at at the culture at the time, that's what rabbis did. Rabbis actually sat to teach. You know, here in the states, the, when I'm standing, and and when we go to a when we go to a, a classroom at MTSU, the professor usually stands, the teacher usually stands, but in Jewish tradition, the rabbi usually sat. And we see that this is the teaching posture of Jesus. Jesus sits on the side of the mountain, and we consistently see that, that this is Jesus' teaching posture. Uh, Luke 5, 3, it says, He sat down and taught people from the boat when he was in the boat. And, and it says that he sat down and he taught people from the boat. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. So anytime we see uh, a recording of Jesus sitting down, you better get ready. Because he's about to teach. And he's about to be able to show this and, and talk about what the kingdom of God looks like. This the Sermon on the Mount, it is a critical part of what Matthew records as Jesus teaches us of this is what it looks like to be my disciple, to follow me, 
to understand that being a disciple of Jesus, this is what it looks like. And, and he begins this sermon with the Beatitudes, which you have been studying over the past several weeks. These, these qualities that, that Jesus is talking about is a picture of the character of the true people of God. This, these, these characteristics that, that he's talking about, these, these are the characters of the true people of God. You know, when, when my, I have two kids, and they're, they're both college students. Well, actually, one just graduated college, and the other one is a sophomore in college. And, and uh, both of my kids, when they were little, and we would be reading Scripture, and we get to the Beatitudes, we talk about what these meant. And, and I would always explain the Beatitudes as, these are the attitudes you should be as a disciple of Jesus. These are the attitudes that you should be. That's the Beatitudes. And you've covered, over the past several weeks, you've covered poor in spirit in verse 3. You studied blessed are those who mourn in verse 4. Blessed are the gentle in verse 5. And blessed are those who who thunger? Wow. Who hunger? I made a new word there, I think. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness in verse 6. And then we get to verse 7, which is where we're going to land today. And I was so excited to get to spend time uh, studying about mercy over this week and talking about mercy and then just seeing mercy all around me this week. Uh, I've had opportunities to see mercy several times throughout the week as, as I've prepped for this morning, as I've thought about this morning, as I've thought about you, as I've thought about this church. So let's, let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, one short verse that we're looking at. Chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So, Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you that we have the opportunity to open up your word. And I think about that day, that day uh, a couple thousand years ago when you sat on the side of that mountain and you taught us and you showed us about what mercy is. And through the course of your life, you modeled mercy for us. So as your disciples, as followers of Jesus today, I pray that our hearts will be open to what you want to show us and what you want to teach us in this beautiful, beautiful word and concept and idea and characteristic of mercy that you model so beautifully. All of this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So mercy... Mercy is actually one of those words that, that we use often, but sometimes we, we don't really understand what mercy really means. Uh, I think about some times, some times that we use the word mercy. Uh, when I was a kid, I have a brother that's 10 years older than me, and we would play that game where you would, uh, where it was, it was called mercy. Anybody remember the game mercy? You would, you'd like grab hands and then you'd, you'd twist and you'd try to get them to say mercy, mercy, you know? And my brother, Stuart, he was 10 years older than me and, and a lot bigger and a lot, 
and, and, and he would like tease me a little bit to think that I was about to win. And then, you know, right at the last minute, he would twist and almost break my fingers and I'd yell, mercy, mercy. Um, the other day I was at Walmart and I was standing in line and I, I heard two ladies behind me standing in the checkout line and they were talking about how hot it is, you know, right now and it's July in Murfreesboro, it's hot. And the lady said, mercy, it is hot. That's a good Southern term. Mercy, mercy, it is hot. But it's a word we use, but we forget the power behind the word mercy. This is a word that Jesus uses in a very powerful way in this sermon. We th- and, and, and then, on top of that, we, we throw the word grace in the mix. And, and we get confused about what both of these words really mean. Grace and mercy. I've got three takeaways. When, whenever I teach, I, I like to have just... A few things, a few things that you can grab hold of, that you can think of this week and maybe hold on to. These, if you're going to write anything down, this is what you write down. But three takeaways, three takeaways today. The first takeaway is grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. Grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. As disciples of Jesus, we have the opportunity every day to show both grace and mercy. So as we're studying Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, uh, this this idea of mercy, I also want to make sure that we understand the difference between grace and mercy. Often we use these two words interchangeably, but there is a distinct idea of each one of these. And this this may be repeated news to you, but, but I hear often just the interchanging of grace and mercy. Just want to make sure that we understand the difference. Here's the breakdown. Grace is a gift we don't deserve. Grace is a gift we don't deserve. While mercy is not getting the punishment that we do deserve. That's the difference. See the difference? We, we use those words sometimes interchangeably, and they're, they're both beautiful words of a gift. They're, they're both a gift. But they mean, the, the, the meaning of them are so distinct. Grace, grace is a gift that we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment that we do deserve. And Jesus exhibited both of these aspects of God's character in his life that he lived out in front of us and to his disciples and to those that were following him. He lived these out every single day. He talked about um, both aspects and parables that he taught and, and the way he treated people. Both are part of the kingdom living that he is talking about. This whole idea of the Sermon on the Mount, of, of, the, of this is of, of understanding the kingdom of God. This is, these are both part of kingdom living that Jesus is talking about. He lived out in front of us both grace and mercy. Jesus' very presence among us 
is a gift of grace. Jesus' very presence among us is a gift of grace. John 1.14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. His very existence among us is a gift of grace. We did not deserve it. But it was freely given. Salvation. Salvation is a gift of grace. We do not deserve it. That's the picture of grace. But what's the picture of mercy? Um, Jesus' mercy spoke out loud in John 8. John 8 is when Jesus interacted with a crowd and with a woman who was caught in adultery. And according to the law, she was to be stoned and she was to be killed. According to the law. She deserved death according to the law. But because of God's mercy, because of the mercy that Jesus was living out in front of us, this woman received a beautiful gift of mercy. She deserved death, but she did not get punished. That is the mercy. Mercy is forgiveness and compassion to those who don't deserve compassion or forgiveness. You know, I've, I've seen both pictures of these this week in my life um, in just some worldly kind of ways. I, I had a big project due this week uh, that was for work, and uh, and I'll, I'll confess to you, I, I had put off some of the work until the last minute, and uh, I knew that I was likely going to be late on this project by a day or two. And uh, some of my best work might not be done because I was going to be rushed. I did not deserve an extension on the project because I knew when the due date was. However, a few days before that due date... I got an email that said, hey, we're extending the, the date on when this is due by a couple of days, just so, just so you know, it's not due until Wednesday. Whoo! That was a gift of grace. I didn't deserve it. This, now, this, this is not a, a gift of grace that we see I, I thank the Lord for that, but that, in a spiritual aspect, that wasn't necessarily what happened, but it was, it, was, it was a picture of grace. With mercy, I'm, I'm going to be even more transparent with you right now. Tuesday night, as I was finishing up that project, I had been in the office, I'd been at the BCM and had meetings all day long, and I'd been there almost 13 hours, and I was ready to go home. I was coming down Middle Tennessee Boulevard. It was a little bit later, and uh, I, I live on this side of town, and so I was coming down Middle Tennessee Boulevard, and I was just going right along, and I saw this car beside me, and he was just kind of going right along with me. I, I mean, now, a lot of times I know this is where I got to confess even more. I like to be in front. And so I just kind of kept going. 
and maybe going a little bit faster. Uh, just so you know, the speed limit on uh, Middle Tennessee Boulevard is 35 in that section. Um, let's just say I was going a little over 35. And that car beside me was a beautiful white car. Beautiful white car. It was undercover. <laughs> it slowed down, pulled in right behind me, and the blue light started flashing. So I pulled over and had my license out, and and uh, officer came up and and he uh, he said, "Good evening, sir. Do, do you know why I pulled you over?" And I mean, I I knew, I knew, I knew I was speeding. I knew I was speeding. I said I was I was speeding, officer, and <laughs> I'm an apologizer. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> And, and so he was like, well, let me see your license. And, and he said, where are you going? I was like, I'm, I'm going home, been at work all day and going home. And he, uh, he looked at my license. He said, where's home? I said, Genoa Drive. And on the other side of town, he was like, all right. He handed me the license and he said, he said, all right, just, just slow down, watch the speed limit. And he let me go. That's mercy. That's, that was a gift of mercy on his part. Because you know what? I was guilty. And I know I'm guilty. I was speeding. But I received an, a gift of mercy from a really nice police officer on Tuesday night. See the difference? Grace and mercy go hand in hand, but they're, yet they're very distinct. Jesus in the Beatitude is saying that, that we are to extend acts of mercy to those around us. Because we, as followers of Christ, we have received mercy. We have received forgiveness through the cross of Jesus. That is the mercy because we, we do not deserve it. Because according to Romans, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, every one of in this, in this room, we, there is no one that is, is, is exempt from that. And also it says that because all fall short of the glory of God, it says the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty. But because of the mercy of the cross, there is forgiveness. And we do not get what we deserve. That, my friends, is mercy. We're to extend mercy as we go throughout our daily lives because we know the mercy that comes through the grace of salvation. Let me say that again. We, we are to extend mercy as we go throughout our daily lives because we know the mercy that comes through the grace of salvation. Takeaway number two. Mercy is a consistent quality of God's character. So it is to be a consistent quality of our character as a disciple of Jesus. Mercy is a consistent quality of God's character all throughout Scripture. So mercy is to be a consistent attribute of our character as a disciple of Jesus. We know God does not change. 
all throughout Scripture, we see the consistency of the God that we follow. God does not change. We, we see the picture of mercy and who God is all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament. In Lamentations, we actually, in one of the songs this morning, it referenced this. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23, it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's mercies in our life are new every morning. This morning, when you woke up, when you rolled out of bed, and you put your feet on the ground for the first time this morning, you know what? There were new mercies ready for you today. And my friends, you walk in those today. You walk in the mercies that were given to you this morning that were new. That's where you walk. God's, God's plan all throughout the Scriptures stems from His merciful love for His people. Knowing that there was nothing that we could do to earn our way into His presence because of His holiness, He, he ultimately made a way through His Son, Jesus. And every day, every day, God is faithful even when we fall short. That is His mercy for us. We see this all throughout Scripture. We see this in Exodus. When, when Israel uh, had been delivered from Egypt and, and they, were, they were camped at the foot of Mount Sinai and, and they had been told not to represent God in any graven image, not to represent Him in any idols, but but lo and behold, 40 days later, what they do? They built a calf. They built an idol. And at the single act of disobedience here, that deserved punishment. But Moses, our man Moses, Moses interceded on Israel's behalf. And, and it says that the Lord showed His mercy for Israel. That's in the Old Testament. God's, God's character, God's aspect of God's character of mercy is seen all throughout Scripture. Uh, but, but God's mercy is not just limited to the Old Testament. Rather, it's extended all through creation. David writes about it in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. Psalm 145, 8. Because mercy... Mercy is an attribute of God that through His Son, Jesus, in the New Testament, as followers of Jesus, we are to show mercy in who we walk with and who we show Jesus to every day. Because of the mercy that we know through knowing Jesus, we show that mercy to others as we go throughout our days. And, and Jesus says that those who show mercy are blessed. Blessed are those Blessed are the merciful, those that show mercy. What, you know, Mission Point, I, I, I think about what, what, does, what does everyday mercy look like? As we, as we leave this place, as we prepare for our week, uh, as we interact at work and as we shop and as we go to school, as we, so many different aspects of life that we all have in our neighborhood, 
What, what are aspects of everyday mercy that we are called to be consistent in? What words, what actions do I do that will express mercy to those around me that will ultimately point to Jesus? Now, uh, there, there may be things that happen in front of us that, that may not be completely someone's fault. However, the way we react can be a gift of mercy in that person's life. In a given day, any given day, I, I lead a really ordinary life. I think most of us do. I shop at Walmart. I go to work. Now, I love my work. I love what I get to do. But things are pretty ordinary. And, and I would say most of us have an ordinary kind of life. I, I travel a fairly unexciting landscape. So what does mercy look like in my normal, everyday life? I, in ordinary aspects of life, what does mercy look like? I have to think about mercy. Mercy is, doesn't let out the sigh. When that person in front of us in line their credit card's not working right in our posture. We don't let out the sigh when the lady's kid is screaming in front of us in the line. That's an act of mercy. Our hearts of compassion, our hearts of love. Our body language is not saying that our day has been ruined. That's a very ordinary kind of reaction. Sometimes, sometimes mercy chooses not to send back the food that isn't just right simply because the server absolutely looks overwhelmed. Maybe that's an act of mercy that's every day that we can just be kind. Is that what Jesus was talking about here? I, I think so. I think that there... In this beatitude, I think it's the ordinary parts of life that we have the opportunity to show the picture of mercy in our lives. Now, are there larger aspects of showing mercy? Absolutely. When someone that, that has wronged us greatly and we have the opportunity to show mercy in their life, it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus is talking about. But what does everyday mercy look like to us? I think that's what Jesus is saying. That as my follower, as a follower and a disciple of Jesus, this is to define your life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Notice how, how living out mercy, it reveals kindness. It reveals patience. Just a couple of verses above this, verse 5, it said, Blessed are the gentle. That's a fruit of the Spirit, right? Mercy reveals the fruit of the Spirit in us. It, it reveals kindness. It reveals joy. It reveals gentleness in our life. Mercy makes a habit of, of giving others the benefit of the doubt. Mer Mercy's not... 
in the habit of sending a, a, a deadly glare at someone who's annoying. Or, or mercy, mercy gives charitably, knowing that, that eventually someone is going to take advantage of you. Mercy welcomes others fully aware that they may disrupt your own plans. That's mercy. Everyday mercy. And Jesus says, blessed are those who show mercy in the ordinary things of life. Because, you know, that's where life happens every day. Out in front of people. How do we show mercy? Yesterday, um, I, was, I went into my garage. I took something out uh, to my garage. And, and we, have one, we have a really old stand-up freezer that we keep a lot of our uh, like meat. And what, whatever doesn't fit into the freezer in the kitchen goes into the freezer out in the garage. And we had quite a bit of stuff in there. Well, my daughter, who just graduated UT Martin, and uh, her roommate from Martin, who's doing an internship here in Murfreesboro, they, uh, she's living with us this summer, and my daughter's getting ready to move to Knoxville for vet school, and, uh, but they're, they're home this summer, so we love, we love having them home. We love them here. My, my son's working at camp up in Kentucky, so we just adopted another, we adopted Shelby to come live with us. And, and so, but uh, the girls love ice cream. They love ice cream. And so the other night, they had gone out to get ice cream in the freezer. But when, when I was in the garage yesterday morning, I looked and I, I, it's, it's an old freezer, and I saw that there was dripping from the bottom of the freezer. The door wasn't closed. Because it's one of those old things that you have to push it. You really have to push it to make sure that, well, on Wednesday, they had gone out to get ice cream. And uh, they didn't close the door. And that meant everything, y'all, everything in there was thawed. It's been hot this week, right? And it's really hot in my garage. Everything. I wanted to be mad. I so wanted to be mad. Did they mean to leave the door open? No, they didn't. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't one of those things that, oh, we're going to get dad. No. But I wanted to be mad. The flesh in me wanted just to get so angry. But you know what I'd been studying right before that? Right here. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall show mercy, and mercy shall be, they shall know mercy. Uh, my heart sank when I saw that. Uh, but the way we respond in those everyday aspects of life says a lot. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall show mercy. The way we allow ourselves to show mercy in the ordinary will build our opportunity to show mercy in the radical. Let me say that again. 
the way we are, allow ourselves to show mercy in the ordinary will build our opportunity to show mercy in the radical. Showing mercy, not revenge. Revenge and mercy do not go hand in hand. A follower of Christ is consistent. Just remember takeaway number two, God is consistent in showing His mercy. Therefore, a disciple of Jesus is to be consistent in showing mercy. Takeaway number three. We're going to wrap up. Takeaway number three. When we show mercy, we will more keenly recognize the mercy, mercy shown to us through Jesus. When we show mercy, we will more keenly recognize the mercy shown to us through Jesus. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Jesus, in this beatitude, He's, he's not saying that this is conditional. In no way is He saying this is conditional. That, that in order to receive mercy, that we have to make sure that we check off all the opportunities for mercy throughout our days. But, but what He is saying is that we will recognize mercy that comes through our days from others and, and most of all through Jesus. Jesus, Jesus has in mind as he's giving the Sermon on the Mount, as he's doing these Beatitudes, he has in mind the kingdom of heaven. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what the church looks like. Those who are merciful now, he says, will receive mercy from the King of Kings when he takes the throne. He, he knows he's coming back. His meaning is, is, is not that a person must be merciful in order to be saved, but those who submit to God in salvation will naturally respond with an attitude of mercy toward others. It's in your nature. Because you're a disciple of Jesus, you will show mercy. It's your identity. It's who you are. When, when we receive mercy and we know it, we, we have a desire to show that mercy even more. And um, I, I know I received mercy Tuesday night when that officer let me go. I know it. And, and can I tell you this week? And it's not because of fear, but it's because I know I received mercy. I have driven the speed limit all week long. I've thought about that because I know I could have had a $200 ticket that I didn't have to pay. I received mercy. And so my desire to be obedient has been much more relevant this week. I've had a desire to drive the speed limit. Y'all may be surprised, but ministers actually, yeah, sometimes we speed. We do. But I have had a desire, and I've just waved at people as they go by me. But when we receive mercy, we have a desire to share mercy. We walk in that because that's our identity. 
We know the mercy of Jesus because of what we have. Our, our lives, my friends, our lives have been transformed because of the mercy of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And because of that transformation, our, our lives are reflective of that through the way we show mercy to others. Uh, Peter, when, uh, when and, and Peter was, uh, he, he says, we, we cannot help but talk about what we have seen and what we have heard. We can't just, we just can't help it. We show mercy because we know that we've been shown mercy. So we share mercy. My friends, there, I, this is such a beautiful, beautiful beatitude that Jesus shares with us. And he, he lives this out every single day that he walked on this earth. And he has called us as the followers of Christ to live this out in the kingdom of God. So this morning, as we wrap up, this, there's always a response to the word. I believe that any time that we, we hear a teaching of the word, that it calls all of us to respond. And so this morning, there is a response to the teaching of what Jesus says of, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe this is new news to you and you would love to talk to, to someone more about this God of mercy, this God of grace. I'd love to talk to you more. There are plenty here that would love to talk to you more about what it means to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus. You may be here this morning and maybe this this word is, is, uh, it is taking you down a road of realizing that maybe you have not been reflective of the mercy that has been shown to you through the cross of Jesus. And maybe this morning you just need to spend some time wherever you are. Or if you need to come and kneel and pray, if you need to grab someone to come pray with you. Maybe we just need to commit ourselves to following the teaching of Jesus so that those everyday acts of mercy, they aren't something that we generate in the morning that we, okay, I've got to do the mercy today. But it's just simply who you are. How do we do that? Spend time with Him every day. We spend time in His Word. We get to know Him because that is who He is. What's your response to Matthew chapter 5, verse 7? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. God, thank You for Your Word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of mercy. In the everyday aspects of life, we have opportunities to show your mercy. I pray that this week, we as your followers that are gathered together this morning that have studied this word, I pray that we'll have opportunities to be able to show your mercy. Not the mercy that I generate, not the mercy I dream up, but your mercy. The mercy that 
comes through you. And it's because of the grace of Jesus. The grace of salvation that we know mercy. God, thank you for Mission Point. Thank you for how you're using this body of believers in powerful ways to point others to Jesus. And God, I pray that this morning our hearts are open to what you want to show us and how we respond. And all of this we pray. Mission Point, let's let's say the name of Jesus together as we end this prayer. All of this we pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus.